It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. It's a great football team with a lot of moral fiber and a lot of character, and they showed it. Shout, a Buffalo football podcast, hosted by Matt Perino and Ryan Talbot. No place else you'd rather be than right here, right now. When it's too tough for them, it's just right. Presented by Syracuse.com and NYUP.com. The Bills make me wanna. From inside Highmark Stadium, the site of where the Buffalo Bills just improved to 1-1, washed the bad taste out of their mouth from last week, 38-10, blowout win over the Las Vegas Raiders, right on this field here, and Ryan, uh, we got a lot to get into today because this was a game where I felt the apprehension amongst Bills fans about what this could potentially mean today if the Bills came out here and and maybe had another stinker. I mean, we're, we've seen it around the league. I mean, Cincinnati starts off uh, their season 0-2. We talk about that maybe a little bit later in the show. But if you have to gear up for game day, there's a couple good games uh, on the docket coming up over the next few weeks. Now through October 28th, every time you use your Topps Bonus Plus card to purchase participating brands like Pepsi, Campbell's, Smithfield, and so many more, you're automatically entered for a chance to win hot prizes to elevate your food game. You might also win a jersey every time Buffalo scores a touchdown. For complete details, visit topsmarkets.com slash redzone. Bill's big win. First thoughts. First thoughts. I mean, you kind of nail it with the apprehension, Matt. We, the, the Raiders come out. They get the ball first. Six play, 75-yard touchdown drive. Bills come out with a three and out, and all of a sudden there were some boo birds at Highmark Stadium. And you know, needless to say, they weren't here very long because the Bills were soon able to right the ship with the defensive turnover on the next series. And then after that, the offense started rolling, scoring on something like six of seven possessions, looking like a well-oiled machine and night and day from last week's game against the Jets. It looked like a active effort from Josh Allen to be on schedule, getting the ball out of his hands early. And I think that you know, these things work hand in hand. Sure, the, they got the running game going. We'll talk about that in a little while. Um, I thought that the pass protection was really good, particular on the, particularly on the edge. We're going to talk about Spencer Brown in a moment. But just for Josh, the body language was different. The, the approach was different. And, you know, the Bills came out today a, as a team. There was no inter, uh, they didn't introduce players. They didn't come out like offense and everybody got to kind of do the rah-rah thing. 
it felt like they were all business from the start. They came out, they got kind of punched in the mouth on that first drive. Uh, but I was actually talking to Terrell Bernard at his locker afterwards. And he said, listen, they came out, they just had a couple plays that were effective. They knew what they had to do defensively to kind of lock in and, and, and shut the door on them. And you look at the statue at the end of the game, Josh Jacobs, negative rushing yards. I mean, if you would have told me that going in, despite what we talked about on the preview show and him maybe not looking like the same guy early on this season in that running game, I probably would be be surprised. But let me know your thoughts on how they handled the run game and then just Josh Allen's overall performance. Yeah, handling the run game, I'm sure that they sat after that Monday night football game and they rewatched some of those big runs from Brees Hall and they said, we can't have that. What do we have to do? It's gap integrity. It's making sure that uh, you're in the lane that you need to be in. And then obviously when the Bills started to pull away, that took away from the Raiders' effectiveness in terms of running the ball, it made them more one-dimensional. But I really thought that uh, the Bills did a nice job up front against Josh Jacobs. You, you saw Ed Oliver make a big tackle early on in this game for a loss. You had guys flying in off the edge. Jordan Poyer had one tackle coming off the edge. But the defensive line itself held up really well in this game against the Raiders. As for Josh Allen, you mentioned it, on schedule all game long. He would look at his first read. If something wasn't there, he would drop it off. He had the tight ends being utilized, James Cook being utilized. He spread the ball out to about nine different players tonight, Matt. So while, you know, uh, Gabe Davis ended up with a really nice stat line, the way he spread it around was effective for this team. And at the end of the day, that's what matters because the Bills were put into positions where they could put up a lot of points on the board because of the way the ball was spread out. I'd like to talk about how they spread things around and a couple of the really key performances. But to me, and it's why I chose to write about it after the game and why I spent a good chunk of time with Spencer Brown after the game. I mean, this was, you don't want to be overreactive in these moments, right? Like it's a good performance against a really good player, but it's hard not to think of this potentially in, in terms of what it could mean for the player and this in this offensive line moving forward. Spencer Brown came out today. This is a guy going up against Max Crosby. Six pressures last week against the Denver Broncos. We spent the majority of the preview show last night talking about the game-wrecking ability that he could have in this game and the concern that we had for the matchup against Spencer Brown. He had a sack last week. The pressures I mentioned, Ryan, we don't, we don't have the pressure stats yet. Those will probably come out tomorrow when Pro Football Focus posts that. He was spectacular. Max Crosby did not have a single quarterback hit, a single quarterback hurry, or a sack, which I think is the most important piece. By far the most important piece, keeping Josh Allen upright. And, you know, when you're going against an all-pro or a Pro Bowl player like Max Crosby, you're not going to win every single battle. There was a spin move that Max Crosby had at one point that sent uh, Spencer Brown on his heel a little bit, but it was a touchdown pass by Josh Allen on that play. So even on, on the plays where maybe he didn't keep Crosby in front of him, the Bills did a great job. But for Spencer Brown, this is huge for his confidence, man. I mean, it doesn't get any easier. You're going to Washington next week. Uh, they have a, a stacked defensive line, a lot of first, second-round talent there on that line. You have the Dolphins the week after that, and then a, a really tough matchup with Jacksonville. So it doesn't get any easier. But what a confidence booster it is where you're going one-on-one a lot against Max Crosby, and you're holding your own. If you're a Bills fan sitting at home, even the Bills fans that have been super critical of Spencer Brown, and as a, as somebody that covers this team, my responsibility is to you know to criticize when it's warranted and and to uh, you know uh, when a guy plays well, say that. And and I think Spencer Brown did that today. And I I think as a fan of the team and of a player, Brown's approach to this whole 
deal. It's it's kind of impressive. Like he had a smile on his face today uh, in the locker, and you could tell it was just like a, a little sense of accomplishment. A guy that you know has tried to block out the outside noise. He was kind of telling me that um, he, he has this quote uh, that he has on a painting, and he puts it up above his bed, so he sees it every time he goes to sleep and every time he wakes up. It's from uh, Teddy Roosevelt's speech, "The Man in the Arena." And it just about like, you know, it's not the critic who matters, right? The critic doesn't matter. It's about the person that's kind of going out there and trying to achieve something. And that's how he kind of how he looks at himself. And, you know, that's pretty big. And uh, I think that you need that kind of mindset, that mentality when, when you've been the kind of, uh, you know, brunt of a lot of not even jokes, but like criticism to kind of push through that and come out and have a performance like that. He also gave us a little inside scoop. The key to this performance today, Kingsley Jonathan. So he doesn't have a jersey yet, right? And by the way, we got to talk about AJ Epinesa in a minute. He doesn't have a jersey, but he is contributing on this team. He played on the scout team. He studied Max Crosby tape all week and through every Max Crosby move that he could at Spencer Brown, he called the hardest NFL practice he's had since he came in the league. And that speaks volumes for Kingsley Jonathan and the work that he put in for it. But, you know, going back to Spencer Brown, Josh Allen said it after the game. This guy has all the tools to be a great offensive tackle in this league. It's just about putting it together. And Allen said he has all the confidence in the world in a guy like Spencer Brown. So, uh, again, this is a building block. It's it's one game, just like when you have a bad game. It's just one game. But now he has to stack this win up with another win next week with uh, against Washington and keep stacking those up. And all of a sudden, we're not going to be talking about Spencer Brown anymore if he continues to put those performances together. You're starting to see the right side of the line kind of gel with Osiris Torrance and Brown. And, and knowing the type of fi- the physicality that both of them bring to the game, that could end up being a plus or a, a strong suit for this team as the year goes on. Pass protection was really good today, and I thought that the run blocking was something really that the Bills, something the Bills can build on. Now, listen, everything in perspective, as we always like to do here on Shout, this is not a very good defensive front outside of Max Crosby. You can game plan against him. And without Chandler Jones, they're not nearly as good as they probably could have been, maybe a little bit of better test. But our good friend Elena Getzenberg from ESPN pointed out in uh, after the game, it's the first 100-yard game since Devin Singletary last year against Chicago. And listen, in the Singletary era, there hasn't been a lot of 100-yard games. And I thought James Cook averaging 7.2 yards per carry, a buck 20 on 17 carries. I mean, this is a, a really good performance. And also, Sean McDermott and Ken, Dor- well, Ken Dorsey, I should say, really relied on his entire stable of running backs and situational football. You know, things at times a little bit early on, it was, it was tough sledding for James Cook. He obviously broke out and had himself a really big day. But when it was, they they just they flipped the switch. They went to Latavius Murray, kind of in between the tackles. He had a couple of like six, seven, eight yard runs there early that I think helped them kind of get going as an offense. And then we saw Damian Harris, who had a, a a fingerprint on this game as well. Yeah. So Harris and Murray end up in the end zone in this game. And, and while James Cook didn't, he was he was once again that lead back for this team. Finishes it off with a, a long run in the fourth quarter to put him over 100 yards on the day. And you see the explosiveness, Matt. You see him, how he can get around the corner, get around the edge, uh, get those big chunks of yardage. I really do like the complementary style of the uh, Latavius Murray and Damian Harris type of backs with this team. And, you know, you saw in the second half that right, coming right out of halftime, the Bills put together a a possession that goes over nine minutes. And when you can do that to an opposing defense, you're going to tire them out and the run game is going to benefit from it. So as this game went on, I thought that you saw James Cook getting better. You saw the fact that the Bills could really utilize the run and be uh, 
not be one dimensional where you're relying on Josh Allen. You can rely on that run game to move the chains and tire out these defenses. So a very promising outing from the backs. If you want a promising Buffalo Bills fan experience, you're going to want to become a Shout Buffalo Bills text insider. And you could do that right now by texting 716-528-6727. Get yourself a two-week free trial. And the Shout Insider text line, of course, is brought to you by Carrie C. Byer, attorney with the law offices of Francis M. Letro, located at 237 Main Street, Buffalo, New York. If you or someone you know is seriously injured, give him a call at 716-852-1234 or check out LitroLaw.com. All right, Ryan, where do you want to go next, buddy? Well, let's go to AJ Epinesa. We mentioned him a little bit. We can talk about Epinesa and a little bit about Greg Rousseau because for the second straight game, the Raiders did not allow any sacks, Matt. But if you can't get after the quarterback and sack him, what's the next best thing you can do? Get those mitts up. And both of these players in this game did it at crucial times. Uh, Greg Rousseau ha- had a batted pass that that uh, led to a big-time play, and then so did A.J. Epinesa. So Epinesa, kind of like Spencer Brown on the other side of the ball, has been this guy that's been a little bit of a punching bag uh, because he hasn't done much. He hasn't been able to sustain great play for this team, but he showed up in a big-time way today. Yeah, I thought that the defensive line as a whole, from a game planning perspective, really had their fingerprint on this game as well. And you, and like you mentioned, it's tough to sack Jimmy G. He gets the ball out quick. He navigates the pocket pocket really well. I mean, that's the strength of his game. But you saw Greg Rousseau getting pressure on him. Jimmy G just like a little bit off target. He was able to get the ball out a couple times to Devontae Adams, obviously on the first drive finding him for the touchdown. And I think that first drive ends and you're almost wondering like, okay, is this going to be a back and forth? They go down and score. The bills go three and out. Is this going to be a situation where, you know, the bills flounder a little bit in this situation, but it's, it's kind of fitting for me because I kind of was the one a little bit with the Bernard pom poms this week, you know, going back to last week, the kid is, I'm just, I could just sense something with him that it's it's one of those situations where you start to you teach your 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 little kid to to ride a bike and when the first couple of times they get up on there and they go for a second and then they fall over and they're getting frustrated and there's there's moments of frustration I I mentioned the interaction I had with Bernard in the locker room on Friday and you know one part of it was like he came off the practice field he had a, a tablet in his hands and he was going over different plays and and kind of just he looked like seeing the a million images across his eyes and just the, the stress that comes along with that. So for him to come out in this situation, a guy that's learning on the job, figuring out how to be the best version of himself as a middle linebacker, to come out here and make a game-changing play with not knowing where this game was going to go, for him to have that interception was a big play. And I thought in the run game, you know, he's – when he. He had a role in some of those big runs last week. You also got to flip things and say he had a role in, you know, really maintaining or keeping in check that that Raiders run game. Yeah, he was swallowed up at times against the Jets, and I did not see that in this matchup. He looked a lot better. He looked a lot more confident. But Sean McDermott called his interception a, a momentum changer for this team. You're down 7 nothing. You go 3 and out on offense. And what do you do after a tip pass? You have the wherewithal to find the ball secure it, bring it down, and give your team the football with great field position. So little plays like that go a long way, Matt. And, you know, the linebackers, not just Bernard, obviously Matt Milano being an all-pro type player, he had a huge play today too. So the linebackers really stepped up for this team, uh, gave the Bills some momentum, caused some turnovers, and really put their fingerprint on this win. 
Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. It feels to me like, and maybe this is just like reactionary, but I feel like Matt Milano is playing with a different level of of aggression this season. Like that interception was a very aggressive play, right? I mean, he just reaches around Josh Jacobs and rips the ball away from him. A really elite play from an elite player, but there just seems to be a little sense of like, a little bit more speed, a little bit more urgency. And I don't know how much that is because of, you know, you're playing next to a guy that's just in his second NFL start or uh, at the position at middle linebacker with Terrell Bernard. But how important do you feel like Matt Milano is? Because some of the things that we have seen in the chat, chat line and even in this game early on, it's like there might be some concerns with, you know, aging players in the secondary, Micah High, Jordan Poyer, even Tredavious White from a speed perspective. Matt Milano doesn't look to have lost at all a step. No, he hasn't lost a step at all, and you're right. It almost looks like he's gained a step with the aggression, with the way that he's playing, uh, hair on fire, getting after the football, and the the way that he ripped the ball away from Josh Jacobs was just an unbelievable uh, interception or turnover for this Bills defense. And, you know, we talked about it leading up to the regular season. Is he going to be the same player without Tremaine Edmonds in there? Someone that they they could communicate without saying a word. They knew where, where they were supposed to be on the field at all times. Edmonds leaves, goes to Chicago, and Matt Milano is not missing a beat. I'm not going to sit here and say he's playing better. It's a small sample size. It's two games. But he has made an impact in both games so far for this Bills defense, and I anticipate it's going to be something that we're going to see every single week because he's stepping up. Up on the defensive line, I feel like Ed Oliver's really stepped up over the first two games. Younger players are stepping up for this team where you're right. There's some concerns about aging veterans, uh, but the, the players that you expect to be stepping up are doing their job. I want to talk more about Ed Oliver because this is a guy that coming into this season, there was a lot of, um, I don't want to say frustration, but when he signed that contract extension, a lot of fans were wondering like, all right, is there going to be another step or is the version of Ed Oliver that we've seen over the past couple seasons, like three or four games kind of ho-hum. And then you get a game or two where he elevates his level of play. So far through eight quarters, to me, if you want to talk about who's been the most consistently good player, Ed Oliver, I would have in the conversation for that honor. He was really good once again today. And just the little things like getting off the the field on third down, when a team comes into your place, is a lively kind of team, goes up to the, takes a lead early to, to make a play like he did on that third down to force a punt that allowed the Bills to get back the ball and kind of go on that run you were talking about, about six mm-hmm. scores on seven possessions. Oliver, the speed and the production, the ability to actually get in the backfield and impact the quarterback, it's been evident. And he started the game off with a tackle for a loss. I mean, setting the tone, tone setting type of performance. Yeah, and he blew up that play. Four-yard loss right out of the gate. Quarterback hit on Jimmy Garoppolo. Three tackles on the day. But even if he's not feel, filling the stat sheet, man, he's winning his one-on-one matchup, and that allows Daquan Jones to have a more favorable matchup and maybe get to where he needs to go. Uh, we've talked about Greg Rousseau and how great he has been. Leonard Floyd and company. 
they're all doing their 111th, as we've heard Sean McDermott say many a times, up front. And this defensive line it has you know, really looked the part today. They had some moments in terms of their pass rush in week one. So really promising so far from them. I know there's a few runs in that week one matchup they'd like to have back, but I do like the play of the defensive line so far through two weeks. So we got a another Ken Dorsey clip during the broadcast. Uh, it was after the Khalil Shakir touchdown, and I want to get into him in a moment here. We're going to talk about some of the performances uh, and how the Bills kind of operated offensively because there were a couple of looks of something that I want to talk about in a moment. But Ken Dorsey, I mean, I feel like he responds in a huge way this week, getting the offense kind of in a position to not only set up Josh Allen for success, but to get the ball out of his hands quickly. You know, the blocking schemes that were kind of uh, drawn up in this game and the way that, you know, Spencer Brown credited Dorsey for his ability to get chippers over uh, to his side to help out with Max Crosby. And you just, you saw like a fluidity to the offensive plan that I think came from Dorsey. And if you didn't see the, the clip on the broadcast, it's, um, Ken Dorsey after the touchdown, just kind of like slamming the table and the coach sitting next to him was kind of looking at him like first, cause you know, Ken Dorsey, oh, we've, yeah. we've seen fired these moments up, where he kind of gets fired up and you know, he, he kind of gets fired up in the moment and rightfully so. And that was a play that for Dorsey, you got to be really excited that Josh Allen showed a little bit of maturity on that play, because I think on first thought it was to put your head down and run. And he did it, and then he brought his head back up, saw Shakir kind of floating across the middle, delivered the touchdown. After the game, we're standing outside the locker room. The first person out of the locker room is Ken Dorsey, who goes running across the street to go break down the tape. I mean, that's what his his game is like. He goes in for the post-game speech. As soon as it's done, he's racing across the street to get after it in the film room. And I thought this was a really good bounce-back performance from Dorsey. Yeah, you, you saw the way that Josh Allen operated, 31 for 37. It it wasn't. It's not going to go down as his best performance of all time. There weren't a ton of the wild plays. There were a few throws that were uh, – Excellent as usual for Allen, but it was a ho-hum day, but it was a great ho-hum day because the Bills got that lead. They extended it against the Raiders, and they never really gave them a chance to get back into the game itself. We saw the run game being utilized. And, and you know, in terms of the passing game and, and how he spread it out, big-time shout-out to Khalil Shakir on that touchdown pass because you know, the way they were operating last week in 12 personnel, you weren't getting a lot of, of your depth wide receivers on the field. And when you're not out there and you're not running routes and you're not getting opportunities, it's kind of hard to just get into a game and make a play. But that's exactly what he did today. He went out there, he got open in the middle of the field, secured the catch, and it scored a touchdown for the Bills. And I think part of the thing that's happening for this offense, we've seen a little bit more of Trent Sherfield today, but Deontay Hardy and Sherfield are having a hard time of making an impact in the passing game. And, you know, the advantage for Shakir, I feel like still, is that he has a, a foundational understanding of this offense, a little bit of a head start on these other guys that maybe you're Ken Dorsey sitting up there and going into the second half and saying, maybe we get a couple looks to Shakir because that could be kind of a difference-making situation. I like the creativity they've used with Hardy, but they haven't unlocked his potential in this offense yet and I and I don't think you have to force it when you have a guy like Shakir that I think that's a, a an exciting player to kind of keep an eye on over the next couple of weeks let's go to Kincaid because it was Dawson Knox that caught the touchdown pass today and I thought you know side note really nice creativity by Josh and Ken on that play action to find Dorsey in the back of the end zone I mean that was a great sell on the play action gets it to Knox for the touchdown Credit to Sean McDermott, too. Like, you know, call sending out the field goal unit, deciding, wait a second, I don't know if I want to do that, calling a timeout, and then sending the offense back out there. Sometimes, and by the way, 
I think that was the Gabe Davis touchdown, right? Yeah. What a couple of absolute shots that Davis took on that. Yeah. You want to talk about a, a little minute little detail to the start of the season? Gabe Davis's hands have been on point through these first two games. I don't think there's been a drop yet. He had a couple of really tough balls today, the contested catch in the end zone where he gets hit afterwards, and then that bullet that he caught almost over the middle where that was a a, a high and outside fastball from Josh Allen that he had to go get, and, and he made the play. Yeah, he's made great plays with that contested catch in the end zone where as soon as he caught it, he took about two hits from defenders. Uh, it was impressive to see from him, and – he said that he knew where he was supposed to be originally on the play, but when you see Josh Allen kind of running around trying to make something happen, he, he found what he thought was somewhat of a soft spot. I mean, I don't think there was a soft spot on that play, but he found an area where he feel like felt like Josh could deliver the ball. Allen, to his credit, delivered an accurate strike and knocks, or excuse me, uh, Davis, knowing that he was going to take a hit, took that in stride, took two hits, got pinballed a little bit, held onto the ball. Great play from, from Gabe Davis in general today. There was a free play for this Bills offense where, again, he got into a soft spot, caught a ball for about a 20-yard gain, and then you saw the chemistry that he has with Josh Allen later in the game where Allen was scrambling to his right. Davis broke off his route, went down the field, and they uh, connected for a 40-yard connection there. So, uh, again, it, it's the knowing the offense, being in this offense for many years, but also having that rapport with Allen, some of these receivers stepping up in big-time moments. Um, with Kincaid, um, I was – pleasantly surprised i shouldn't say pleasantly surprised i was happy with the target share so mm -hmm. let's go through the target seven for Diggs. obviously led the way once again 66 yards um davis had uh six six receptions for 92 yards excuse me uh yeah all seven targets for stefan Diggs. he caught him yeah. uh six targets for dalton kincaid uh five catches for 43 yards four targets for james cook five for dawson knox three uh for deontay hardy and one for one for Khalil Shakir. There was one play, uh, and I talked about this, I think, on a radio hit. I want to start seeing the Bills experiment with 11 personnel with Dawson Knox or with Dalton Kincaid on the field. And it's not to take Daw Dawson Knox off the field. It's to see what potentially this could look like in that setting. And, and maybe you can get creative with what you would do with Dawson Knox and maybe run 12 and get both tight ends in the formation and maybe bring D Gabe Davis off the field and keep Diggs out there, put Dawson Knox out wide, let him play that role. He has the athleticism to kind of run a route uh, or maybe even a route tree like, the, like Gabe Davis. I, I think that could be interesting just sitting here thinking about it right now. But I thought the usage today, I was happy with what we saw of Kincaid. And I will say one play, a little bit of a scary moment. Josh Allen put one over the middle and left oh. Dalton Kincaid out to dry. He got absolutely destroyed. Came off for a minute and it looked like he was feeling that, but he came, obviously came back. He did. And I like what you said about the 11 personnel because, you know, if you take a veteran off the field like Dawson Knox, there might be some fans uh, that would complain about it, but I think it would keep him fresh for bigger moments later on in the game. And you could also have Knox on the field at times with Kincaid off in the sidelines. It doesn't have to – uh, always be one or the other and it's like the running back situation when you have two or three guys that can run the ball and keep each other fresh it's going to help them over the course of the game over the course of a season so if you can get some looks for only Kincaid on the field at tight end it's not a bad thing for Knox or vice versa the Bills have a really talented one-two punch but we're not always going to see them in 12 personnel there's going to be times where you're going to have one over the other on the field and it's okay if it's the rookie at times because of his athleticism because of his uh, ability to move the you know after the catch get those extra yards for this offense and like you said to see what it would look like we started this podcast in 2020 
And so this is going into our fourth. We're in our fourth season uh, doing the show. We've spent so much time devouring the, the, the talking points around Josh Allen. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, we talk Josh Allen more than, you know, any national show or anything like that. So sometimes like when we, when we watch him play, we've seen so much of him at this stage of his career that when he has a performance like he had last week, you, you almost scratch your head and you kind of dive into it a little bit from a different perspective because we've been on this journey for so long and we've seen the maturation that has happened for the player. And when you, when you see a step back, you kind of, there's a level of concern that pops up, but a lot of the feedback that I saw last week, specifically in the shout insider text line, 716-528-6727 subscribe right now, two week free trial, just throwing it out there. You know, one message was about like, Oh, well, you guys were really hard on Josh on Monday and really cr- critical of him. And I'd say, yes, we were. And, I, and, I, and I'd argue that we, we, we should be. But what I think sitting here thinking about the, the last six days and the high of today compared to the low of Monday night is this is the Josh Allen experience. This is what you're going to have. You're going to have some times over the course of his career and in season where He's going to have to do some deconstruction of his game, build some things, some parts back up because he's such a unique one-of-one kind of player that I think a lot of the things that he does out on the field, you got to recalibrate sometimes because when you can do everything, it's hard to take things out because it's the smart decision and what you should do in in a particular game. Yeah, Allen was interesting after the game too. He said, you know, in this game, you have the highest of highs and the lowest of lows in some games. And he's said that while he didn't watch any of the national broadcasts or the media this week who had a field day on Allen in his game, he said that that performance against the Jets was a good thing for him. And I think Bill Simmons would argue and, and disagree with that because of the outcome of the game. But he said, it kind of gives him that, you know, that motivation to say, okay, there are people that are doubting me. There are people that uh, think that maybe, I, you know, I, I can't do a certain thing in a given moment, but it, it did give him this extra motivation, I'm sure, going into this week in terms of the film preparation, in terms of what do I need to get better at? And we saw it. We saw him dropping the ball off to the backs, to the tight ends, getting the swing passes out or the quick passes out uh, to guys like Stefan Diggs, who then took it for 18 to 20 yards downfield and he let them do the work. He did learn from that performance. So uh, while I think Bills fans don't want to see too many more performances for turnover type games, uh, I, I do think that Allen does take things out of the losses, out of those bad moments, and he tries to turn them into something good or something special for this team. Couple of updates. Uh, Micah Hyde said after the game that uh, he was feeling pretty good, so I don't think anything super uh, long term. Nothing from Leonard Floyd. Uh, an update on what's going on with him, but he was at his locker stall. Uh, looked like he was doing okay. So we'll obviously get an update on that uh, from Sean McDermott tomorrow. You know, let's let's flip this forward a little bit here, really quick, because we look. You know what's happening in the AFC. Obviously, a couple of huge games that are going on right now. Um, it, it or at least one huge game right now. The, the New York Jets are down thirty to ten uh, to the Dallas Cowboys, and that looks like that is out of uh, range. But the other big game is Miami New England. It's coming up yeah. later tonight, and I just had a kind of a thought about that. With you know Cincinnati going to zero and two today, I'm, I'm pretty sure Kansas City won. I didn't see the final yes. from that. So Kansas nine or something. Like all right, that. so they're now sitting at one and one, just like the Bills. I think the way that the schedule has set up and when the Bills are going to get the Dolphins, depending on what happens today, is is a really good spot. Because I think defensively, 
Let Bill Belichick and the Patriots go out there tonight and try to provide you a blueprint for either what to do or what not to do. And then you go and play the commanders and then gear up for what is looking like an early season critical, critical game against the Dolphins. But who knows? Maybe the Patriots go out tonight and, and, and shock the world. It, anything's possible, especially with the way the Patriots played last week. They got into a 16 to nothing hole against an Eagles team that uh, a lot of people believe will be the NFC representative in the Super Bowl again. And after that, they really came out with a great defensive game plan. They settled in. They kept Jalen Hurts and company in line. And, you know, it's a completely different offense in Miami. It's like a track team that, at wide receiver and at some of those key positions. But I'm sure Bill Belichick is going to come into this game with a, a plan to get after Tua, a plan to cover uh, and take Tyreek Hill out of the game. Now, how effective it's going to be, we'll see. But I guarantee you Sean McDermott and company will be watching that game closely and, and seeing what works against this Miami offense and what doesn't. Um, I, was, I had a thought there, and I, and I wanted – I have a couple thoughts. I want to start with – you look pretty snazzy today, my friend. Uh, I want to give you a little shout-out. You look, you came fresh. Yeah. He, we, we texted back and forth before we were coming to this – before you were coming up to Buffalo and uh, I said, I'm going suited and booted uh, on Sunday for the big home opener. And you said, I'm going to match that energy. And you, you brought it to a, to a high level. You know, I, and I, I do enjoy suiting up every now and then it's not my usual thing, but home opener, you got to do it, Matt. Yeah, you do got to do it. Shout out to one of our text insiders, faith. Um, if you're watching, shout out to you. She saw my wife today at apple picking and, uh, tracked her down they spoke for a little while my wife texted me and she's like make sure that you shout out faith on this show because she said how much she loves the show and obviously being a shout insider that's that's super awesome um what to, what to you is the biggest like thirty thousand foot view this will we'll close up on this takeaway from this game what you were going in expecting and what you're leaving here with today you know, what I went in expecting was seeing Josh Allen protect the football more in this game. We certainly saw that. But what I left with is seeing this team, the way that they operate on offense, I think that the more that they can do this with success, the more Josh Allen's going to leave a game or go into a game saying, I don't always have to take the knockout shot. I can hit some jabs. I can throw some counters. I can move the ball slowly down the field. That nine-minute drive in the third quarter demoralized the Raiders. And that may, may be more effective than an 80-yard shot in one play. The more we see that out of him, and the more that the Bills are successful with the short passing game, the more those intermediate deep routes will open up for, the, for this team against defenses, and the harder it will be for them to defend. So really good takeaway from this game was how successful they were, 38 points, really close to my score prediction of 38-17, actually. Uh, so, you know, I, I knew that they were going to come to play. I want to see more of it, though, against Washington, and I want to see them over the next three, four weeks utilize the short passing game to get the, the chains moving, so to speak. The in-game patience is going to be tested in two weeks yeah. when they play the Dolphins because those nine-minute drives are great, but you got to finish with touchdowns because that offense is just so explosive. I mean, going for 34 against the Chargers in week one, we'll see what it looks like against the, the Patriots tonight and then uh, whatever happens in week three. But I, my biggest takeaway is that, okay, it's not a great defense, but what are you supposed to do against a not a great defense? Run the ball and run it effectively. And they did it with all three backs today. And I thought 
this was a big game for James Cook. Like it was, it, you, you wanted to see him come in here and build a little momentum. He came out with his chest puffed out in the offseason, and he said, I am RB1, and you got to perform like RB1. And he looked the part today. I mean, breaking off that big run in between the tackle, and obviously late in the game, the Raiders were defeated. It, you know, I'm not going to take too much from that, but the work rate that he had in this game, the running uh, that he showed off in between the tackles on the outside, the speed, the quickness, the the ability to bounce off a couple tackles. I, I thought James Cook had a really important game today. Yeah, uh, one hit along the sideline where he stayed up and he knocked a defender over. You know, those are the things you want to see too. He's not the biggest back, but he plays. he's starting to play with a little bit more physicality. That's what you want to see. Uh, very encouraging all around from this offense. Defense for the second straight week, I feel like had a really good game with Sean McDermott at the helm as defensive coordinator. So some promising things there. But, you know, going one last thought on that Miami Dolphins game down the road. A lot of people say the best uh, defense in terms of playing the Bills is keeping Josh Allen off the field. I think keeping Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle off the field might be the best defense for this Bills team. So if they are successful in that short passing game, running the ball, taking time off the clock, it, it could frustrate the Miami Dolphins and, and knowing that they're not going to be able to use that speed against the Bills. I want to see how physical the Patriots' defense is with that Miami offense tonight, especially their corners, their DBs, etc. Kyle Duggar is a, a real physical player. Um, all right, speaking of uh, big-time games, you are going to want to get set up for your big games uh, over at Tops. Let Tops do the cooking, and you'll be the MVP. Perfect for game day or any day. Visit Tops Carryout Cafe. Hot and fresh. Uh, large cheese and pepperoni pizza, $15. Jumbo chicken wings, 10 count, $14. The Tops legendary breakfast pizza, $20. Did you get one while you were here? We did not, but I'm going to get one this week uh, at my local Tops. There you go, big time. Pizza or taco log, six count, $8.49. Baby back rib sections, $5.99 a pound. Sub sandwiches, wraps, apps, sides, and so much more. Visit topsmarkets.com slash redzone for the complete menu of ready-to-enjoy fan favorites. If you're thinking about becoming a Shout Insider, do it now. We'll have much more uh, follow-up later tonight and then into tomorrow as we look back at this game and kind of look ahead, uh, start looking ahead to the Washington Commanders, the Miami Dolphins, and much more. He's Ryan Talbot. I am Matt Perino from Highmark Stadium. We'll see you soon, everybody. Have a great night.